Good morning, listeners. Uh, my name is Carnelius Manning, and I'm here with... Kristen Cooper. All right, and today we're going to have a brief conversation about the food on our campus at Paul Quinn College. Christian, how do you personally feel about the food that we're currently being served? I personally feel that the food needs work. You know, to be worked on more. Um, some days the food is undercooked, some days it's good. It just depends. Mm-hmm. But overall, the food is pretty good, though. Okay, um, I definitely agree with you. I personally feel as though the food here, really, to be honest, um, I would say it's standard across the board when you think about food being served from different institutions. Um, the difference lies, though, is if you go to a larger institution like UNT or Kentucky or um, UT Dallas, they all have different options because they all have contracts with fast food vendors who have locations and stuff like that on campus. Like I know I've been out to TWU, um, Texas Women University, quite frequently, and um, there's always a chicken fillet option. There's a Starbucks. There's a little um, like a little Chinese area you can eat on campus, and so that's really the difference versus a small school like Paul Quinn and um, a large institution is that all, the food in the cafeteria is going to be standard across the board. Like I think what we serve here isn't really different from any other institutions, but the difference is students have more options. So I feel as though that should be the conversation to be had. But um, as a, for right now, um, do you think you'll be happy eating some lunch today? Because, I mean, we have lunch in about... You know, a few minutes. So, he, I mean, I feel like you're not going to eat in your dorm. No, are you? I'm eating my lunch in the cafeteria. Yeah, I feel personally that um, the food choices is because of the money that comes in. There's not many um, people that go to school all, all together, and yeah. so there's not much money that comes in. So I feel like if we had more money coming in, we have better options. All right, thanks, Samara. You you heard it first. Christian Cooper. So we're heading out. Thanks again for tuning in. My name is Cornelius Manning, along with Christian Cooper, PQC. Good morning, listeners. Uh, my name is Cornelius Manning, and I'm here with Christian Cooper. All right, and today we're going to have a brief conversation about the food on our campus at Paul Quinn College. Christian, how do you personally feel about the food that we're currently being served? I personally feel that the food needs work, you know, to be worked on more. Um, some days the food is undercooked, some days it's good. It just depends. Mm-hmm. But overall, the food is pretty good, though. Okay. Um, I definitely agree with you. I personally feel as though the food here, really, to be honest, um, I would say it's standard across the board when you think about food being served from different institutions. Um, the difference lies, though, is if you go to a larger institution like UNT or Kentucky or um, UT Dallas, they all have different options because they all have contracts with fast food vendors who have locations and stuff like that on campus. Like I know I've been out to TWU, um, Texas Women University, quite frequently, and um, there's always a chicken fillet option. There's a Starbucks. There's a little um, like a little Chinese area you can eat on campus. And so that's really the difference versus a small school like Paul Quinn. And um, 
a large institution is that all, the food in the cafeteria is going to be standard across the board. Like I think what we serve here isn't really different from any other institutions, but the difference is students have more options. So I feel as though that should be the conversation to be had. But um, as a, for right now, um, do you think you'll be happy eating some lunch today? Because I mean, we have lunch in about. You know, a few minutes. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like personally, you're not gonna eat in your dorm. No, I'm, I'm eating my lunch in the cafe. I feel the personally that um, the food choices is because of the money that comes in. There's not many. There's not many um, people that go to school all eat all together, and so there's not much money that comes in. So I feel like if we had more money coming in, we have better options. All right, thanks, Samara. You you heard it first, uh, Christian Cooper. So we're heading out. Thanks again for tuning in. My name is Cornelius Mann, and along with Christian Cooper, PQC. Good afternoon, America. Thanks for tuning in with me. I'm your host, Cornelius Manning, and today we're going to talk a little bit about important food items throughout families. And because um, we all know that throughout the country or even the world, families are shaped and defined sort of by the food items that they hold near and dear. And so personally for me, I know that in my family, chicken holds high importance as well as cornbread. Chicken, because of the variety of ways it's, it's prepared, you can have that day where your mom really doesn't feel like cooking and it's like, oh, let me fry some chicken really quick. Or it's just, you know, I can make it for a grand Sunday meal or I can use it to eat healthy. And then cornbread, cornbread is an amazing side dish. Um, it holds high importance to the overall value of your meal and how the recipients of it um, value it. You can have an amazing gumbo or stew, but if your cornbread is bad, ah, not many people are really going to like your food overall just because of the value of the cornbread. It holds high importance to the outcome of a meal. Um, and, you know, so that's it for me. Thanks for tuning in, America. Again, my, I'm your host, Cornelius Manning. See you soon. Good morning, America. It's Cornelius Manning again back with you from PowerPoint College. And today we have a special guest with me today. Her name is Jayla Lee, and she is from... Brunswick, Texas. All right. And so for all of my listeners, you know I'm from Waco, Texas. So we're going to talk about some of the things that we noticed in our neighborhoods growing up. And just, just you know, give you guys some information about where we're from and things like that. Jayla, would you like to start? Yeah. Um, Brunswick, Texas is pretty much a predominantly white town it just became a city like a few years ago by adding a couple more thousand people um living there was good it was fun it was small there wasn't a lot of like i want to say violent things going around i went to one of the best uh high schools in the area everybody would come to friendswood high school just for the education but would live like 30 minutes away or 45 minutes away sometimes an hour it's kind of crazy but really for a black person living there especially for me there's a lot of racism going on and that's like one of the things that i hate about it Chris, what about you uh i definitely think i've i've endured my share fair of racism growing up i mean i grew up in central texas which is a large a fair amount of white people in the area as well but um, I actually grew up in a poor neighborhood, um, didn't have a lot of the necessities or things I needed, but 
Um, but really, if you look at just Waco in general and throughout history, I think a large issue that surrounds not only the cities but the neighborhoods is really prostitution. I mean, if you look at things you see on the news, just in, just a couple of months ago, we have a mega church in, in Waco called Anya, and they had a certain um, prostitution ring that was going on for years. I mean, years of just sex trafficking women, and this was high-ranked pastors at the church. I mean, this was a huge scandal. And then, I mean, even, even if you go back and look at the Baylor scandal, I mean, it's just been incident after incident of just rape, allegations, and different things like that. So I think that's a big issue. I mean, we had drug rates and, you know, black high black incarceration and things of that nature. But a major issue in which I have seen in my city and in my communities growing up is just just a large amount of sex trafficking. That's crazy that you say that because I grew up in the suburbs. We did not have any of that. Like it was, it was the most quietest sound I've ever seen. Like I mean, you would hear like police officer, but that's because you know old people were dying. But that's really it. Every night they were dying. So there's like nothing crazy like that going on. It's a peaceful town. I'm actually like blessed that I live in such a neighborhood even though we weren't as rich mm -hmm. as most people we were still be able we were still able to afford a house and stuff like that so actually especially like coming to Paul Quinn was a different thing for me a totally different environment because there's so much going on in the Highland Hills so that's crazy yeah, oh, yeah. Waco is an amazing city but we do have our fair share of issues, but I'm thankful for the city. It's grown me, grown me, and it landed me here. Uh, well, America, thanks for tuning in with us. That's all we have for you again. My special guest today is Jayla Lee from Friends with Texas. All right, and as always, Cardinalius Manning, your host from Waco, Texas. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Good morning, Americas. It's your host, Cornelius Manning, again, back with you. And today we have a, uh, some special guests for you. We have Jayla Lee again with us, uh, joined with Zuri Davis and my man, Christian Cooper. And today we're going to have a few conversations um, and we're going to engage in some topics. One, Zuri's going to lead us in talking about Dallas and some issues surrounding the South area. As, and then Jayla is going to lead the group and talking about Paul Quinn and kind of how it has helped communities throughout its existence. All right, so Zuri, if you'd like to start first. Yes, I will. Um, well, my main discussion for today is just about how South Dallas is just not ready like it's not developed it's not fully developed and it's hard to get access to things especially being a student here and i just think that save a lot valero and family dollar is not enough for 500 students that go here who need access to certain things and not save a lot and family dollar don't have it all and i just think that a lot of other in the oak cliff area right yeah it's the oak cliff area and i think a lot of other colleges have a lot of things around it to you know, help the students out and get, you know, access. Okay. Yeah. Um, for Paul Quinn College, it's kind of like the same situation. We're at a college where there's no, there's no good food. Like, what's up with the food? And then at the same time, now the college is trying to change and trying to be developed, but it's going too fast. We got to move all the way to Plano 
to get good jobs. And for what? We can't be on our own campus that feels like home. Christian, what do you have to say about that? I mean, I feel like personally, um, just the access to fresh food is a main problem here. We have no access to fresh food. And that's originally why Paul Quinn came up with the, the idea of creating a farm was to give the community members fresh food. And going to the store, so there's no fresh food at all. Like they have vegetables, but it's all GMO and chemical-based. And it's like, so just having excess of fresh food, it, I feel like that's, an, that's also another problem. Um, since you work on the farm, do we use the food from the farm in the cafeteria? or? Not even. Not even. And it's sad because to, in order to get any fresh food, the nearest fresh food, it costs money. It costs Uber. Uber costs dang near twenty dollars to get there who has twenty dollars and then on top of that to buy the uber i mean and buy the food and the things that we need i think it's we're spending unnecessary money along with the tuition that we have to pay and i just think it's just it's pitiful and it's unnecessary i think we should invest in more areas around us to have more available sources and it's crazy because some people think that we have the farm for our use but really we're giving it to the community which is good but are we supposed to be using it too? Shouldn't we raise food for us and actually give? Yeah. But. And also, that's, that's another thing. Is they're telling us that the farm vegetables are going towards students, going towards the cafeteria, which is a lie. And I feel like that's something that needs to be, you know, fixed and, um, <coughs> and talked about more. The farm was originally built to address the food desert. But also, we do, as students, need fresh food, fresh vegetables that are organic. It starts at home first. Yeah, it starts at home. Well, I want to push it a little bit there, Christian. So, so the idea of the farm was to address the needs of the community. So, but also it serves as a re- revenue source for the college, which deals in expansion and things like that. So, so, so do you do you think that's the wrong way of doing things? Even though in the end it could grow, the not only the school but the amount of farm and produce would be great. I feel like it's the right thing, but also do not lie to the students and tell the students that this, the, veg, the vegetables that are, that are coming from the farm are going towards the cab. We get frozen food. That's yeah. And then they reuse the food. I just, well, I, well, I think the thing with the farm is that we have a private food vendor. Like We have a private company that does all of the uh, service, service. Yeah, service. but if we're going, if they want us, they're trying to go in a healthy direction. They want us to feed, they want to feed us healthy food. But yet, you're not giving us healthy food. And we have a farm that grows healthy food. And then you're making the students think that they're eating healthy, but really, they're not. Some people don't even know that the food has been used. Unless you're paying attention, you don't know what you're putting in your mouth. And that's, that's ridiculous. And I think that also... Oh, man. It went away. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I want to kind of get back in on the point of the conversation. So, Christian, you're from Dallas, um, and Zuri was talking a lot about the things in which we don't have in this area, but Paul Quinn's simple existence here in the turn, turn of the new era with actually trying to serve, serve the community and address issues in the community, how have, have you seen it grow and change since Paul Quinn has changed its um, doors. I mean, I see the community members trying to change their lives and trying to eat more healthier, but also I feel like... Well, I'm mean on a major scale. Anyway. On a major scale? Mm-hmm. So Just Paul Quinn. What Paul is Quinn. it doing, Paul Quinn, for the community? 
Um, Paul Quinn is trying to help the community. I feel like it's kind of limited at the same time because not many people know. Because remember, for a long time, yeah. the Save a Lot wasn't even here. Yeah. And it took a long time for just that to do. So I think, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I think um, it's slow, like the process or the steps to having a sound, perfect community. It looks like a long path to that, but, you know, Parkland is definitely helping with that. Yeah. So, yeah. it's hard. Uh, to have a balance, yeah. But yeah, but, I mean, no, no, speaking of the growth, I mean... I mean, yeah, it is hard, because, I mean, I feel like with every decision, it always has, it always has like, mm -hmm. a, a, a up and a down yeah. to it. Okay. So, I feel like the up for this decision is, is eventually, it's going to help the community, and we're trying to expand, we're trying to grow. Um, so I feel like in the long run, it is helping the community. Oh, yeah. The community is finding out that they do have these healthier options mm -hmm. um, as food. But um, also yeah, downfall is like not many people know about it. So. Yeah, because I'm not from Dallas. Um, a lot, as a lot of my listeners know, I'm from Waco, but I'm still a Texas native. Um, and so for me, growing up, uh, my community was greatly impacted by Paul Quinn. I mean, during this time. Paul, one of Paul Quinn's most famous majors were, was education, so that meant a lot of my professors were um, alumni of Paul Quinn and things like that. So for many years, Paul Quinn has always serviced the community. So, and when Paul Quinn left Waco, um, you could see it. Like, you could see the difference in the black neighborhoods. Uh, a lot of people still talk about the school today, and the city, the black portion of the city has been affected by um, Paul Quinn leaving. So for me, I, I'm growing up. I saw the growth of Paul Quinn while I was there, but also I see I see more of the aftermath that is gone. But now that I'm here in Dallas, I, I really get this. Like I don't agree with the fact that it's bad because I've seen the growth that I've been here on the outside um, of what Paul Quinn is doing for the outside for the community. Um, but yeah, let's let's turn back in. So let's talk a little bit more about what do you do you want to rebuttal? Jay? Um, yeah, I do. Okay. Um, so for a person like I'm not from Dallas either. Where are you from? I'm from Friendsville, Texas. All right, so, all right. And um, for a person who's not from Dallas, what what growth do y'all see? Because I I don't see anything. I came here. I was like, what is this? There's nothing here. And then we got to save a lot, and I'm not even saving any money. Like. <laughs> I'm just, please, someone enlighten me. What do y'all see? What's the growth that y'all see? They make us feel like we need a car. Like, I feel like we can't succeed to our full potential when we have to Uber everywhere. We have to, I feel like it just blocks us from opportunity sometimes as far as getting to where we need to be. Like, if I have an internship, I'm sure the school will help me get there. But at the same time, will they always help me get there? Will they, you know, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. Okay, thank you, Zero. So also to um, agree, I, I agree with what both of y'all are saying, and also the growth that I do see is like beforehand I saw more people like you see more obesity and different things go you know going around here, but the lifestyle change. People are trying to eat more healthier. People are finding out that they do have these available to them. I mean, though um, we're limited on what we can do for the community, but we're still trying. So I see that as being growth. I just think the dif the difficult part with. Um, trying to make things more healthy is that a lot of our students here it's hard to eat vegetables it's hard to eat healthy because things don't taste as good as they, they should and I know that people should you know force to eat force themselves to eat vegetables but since how why should we why, why, why can't we just have um, foods available that are you know edible for the students because back home people don't 
people don't really care too much about vegetables. It's all about the fruits. It's all about you know things like that. So I just want people. I just wish that if they'll make it exciting for us to eat vegetables. They'll be like they'll they'll actually. To, um, like mm, portray us to eat better foods like when we're in the line waiting oh you should get this you should get that I don't hear any of that I don't That's hear so, so what I hear is that things aren't perfect yet but the growth is there yeah. it yeah. just should be somewhere it's, it's, else it should still continuously be yeah alright so that, so we got that so let's on a t- tune back in on what you specifically have to say about popcorn that's gonna be kind of our last segment okay portion. um I feel like being a student here at Paul Quinn has shown me a lot. They're trying to get a lot of opportunities to us out there. The way they go about it is a little hard to see because they don't explain everything. In terms of what? In terms of like details. Your it's like Zuri's saying. What what is Paul Quinn doing? Like the communication. Oh, what is Paul Quinn trying to do? They're trying to get his jobs. Okay. In the in the in the corporate. So internships. Yeah, internships okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. In corporate. And so but it's, it's home to a up and down about it. Corporations. Exactly. Okay. But it's like Zuri's saying, they're up and down about it. We don't there's no communication. We don't know when we're gonna get the internships, if we're gonna get the internships. We're talking about Plano, but do we even know if Plano is really like a set in stone option? A sense of curiosity uh, curiosity kills kills us. Okay. Some people are just impatient and so shoot. So, money to be. so what Paul Quinn is trying to do is totally new in terms of higher education. Like something like this has never really happened before. So yeah, it's gonna. I, I think that I'm optimistic about it. So I'm always gonna be optimistic about it because I've never been to a college that tries to do something like this. I agree, so, and I agree too. And and we're doing it in the urban setting, like like 10, 15 minutes from downtown Dallas. And Dallas is home to tons of corporations. So the fact that we have a continuously growing um, internship base for our students is good. Like, I don't think it's where it should be, but I think it's growing. Start, yeah. And But also, to speak on our side, a lot of our students aren't corporate position ready either. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of kills what we're allowed to do. do yeah. Because looking throughout the years, a lot of internships has been lost because of students' performances. Because one, which you have to understand is not a lot of people in, like, in that arena, in corporate arenas, know that Parkland has been here until we started building partners. And so and when they have students go in and they perform horribly, it kind of kills the company. Yeah, the reputation and the companies wanting to continue that's working. And that's, that's what I love. Even though Paul Quinn, um, we the students feel like they're at a loss, we don't know that Paul Quinn is still, we still got to see that it's still growing. Mm-hmm. It's still trying to make it just like we're trying to make it. So we have to grow with the college. We can't just expect that it's just going to be there because the college is still growing. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Cornelius. You really just changed my, my sense of, you just, you really just changed it. Like I, I'm more, a little bit more optimistic about it. And yeah, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's what that's what these conversations are about. Like, really trying to change how we think and how mm-hmm. we see things. But I had a more of a negative thought about it, and now I'm trying to just get pockets. Piece it all some together. Yeah, time. yeah. That's what I've learned over time being here, and especially for this summer program that some we're people all have to pay to. Some people don't. Yeah, and whoever don't just gotta go. Yeah. So overall, so it's a work in progress. Right. Right. 
Well, all right. Thanks, America, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our long conversation. Um, but I, it was exciting for both ends. I feel like we all learned yeah. something and took something away from it. Um, well, that's all we have for today. So thanks again, America, for tuning in with us. We'll see you again next time. Peace.